This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 46. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today I'm happy to welcome Steve Heimerman from Tilt Motion to the Baller Circle. Steve is a master storyteller. After 20 years in broadcast journalism, Steve founded Tilt Motion, an award-winning video production company. By expertly applying emotion to communicate concepts both big and small, Tilt Motion's work has drawn acclaim from customers including United Healthcare, Wells Fargo, and Ford. Tilt Motion also has a unique ability to distill complex topics into videos that entertain, engage, and educate. Now, Steve, I'm really happy to have you on the show because uh, the, the idea of storytelling, the idea of using video is something that is so important and really has become, I guess, really the, the, one of the main mediums of choice uh, amongst people trying to uh, get information from companies uh, and from individuals uh, and also to communicate those ideas uh, out to, uh, to, to audiences. Um, so I, I wanted to get a better concept, get a better idea of tilt motions, um, services, exactly what your customers expect from tilt motion. Uh, and, uh, and if you can give, just give me a quick rundown of, uh, what your company stands for. Yeah. So, um, thanks for having me, by the way, that it's great to spend some time with you. So tilt motion is really, you know, our roots are, uh, journalism. So everybody in our crew, our producers are all either um, former anchors, reporters, producers. Uh, that so they're really adept at telling stories, you know, video stories. So really, our root is, roots are around storytelling. And um, with that, what we've been able to do is bring on a lot of really creative people uh, from the production houses around Minneapolis area. So when we're marrying that really good storytelling with that high-end production, we've kind of created this secret sauce, if you will, to be able to really tell uh, wonderful stories of engagement. Okay, I like that. So let's let's take a couple steps back because I mean, you know, you, you started out in journalism, uh, you you moved to this uh, company that is focused on video, and I, I'm kind of curious as to how you kind of bridge that gap between the two. So. Um, it, what what I guess first um, got you uh, to the idea of creating Tilt Motion, and uh, what were the I guess the steps that you had to take uh, to go from being a broadcast journalism to the owner of a production uh, company? Yeah, it's it's really um, it's pretty interesting because I I think coming out of college I always wanted to be in production, and uh, production is really something driven by freelancers a lot. Uh, most most production houses use a lot of freelance help, so it's very difficult to get into that. But I always had a passion for news as well, so it's kind of funny. I started out in uh, news production, and it was more traditional, and you learned how to tell stories. You know, every four hours you're going out and grabbing a story and putting it on the air, so you really kind of get good at that that craft, and then. Uh, you know, about 10 years later, I decided, you know, I want to kind of evolve, you know, with the technology. So I went to an online news service. And then from there, it just kind of evolved into more production and the storytelling. So storytelling has always been there, you know, but it's the different ways of that you tell your story, you know, the different technology. And that's, that's what's important. I think it's really important for anybody out there to always be aware that technology is always changing. Platforms change. Everything changes. But really, what's the most important thing is, is getting your story out there. 
Right, right. So when you came up with the concept for Tilt Motion, did you already have the, I guess, technical expertise to build this? Did you have to reach out to other people to figure out like what are the moving parts, what's happening in the marketplace, what's where, where currently is technology? What what was involved in that process of going from idea to actually uh, launching the company? Yeah, I think um, I think it's fair to say that I knew a little bit about a lot of different things, <laughs> and so I quickly knew that I needed to you know, get a lot of really talented people, um, to help me out. I mean, no way you can do this on your own. So, um, I think I was able to really put together a really nice team and that's kind of, you know, you have to be open to being able to know your weaknesses, I guess. And so I, I really quickly determined that I don't know a lot about marketing. I don't know a lot about high end post-production. You know, I, you, if you recognize those things, you surround yourself with really talented people. Okay. Okay, I like that. So you you get this team together, you find out the right way to to launch the company, and then uh, how do you decide what the customers want? That you're you're making that um, that product that's I guess really going to be in demand. That's not going to be something you put out there and everyone's just, eh, you know, been there, done that. This, this is not really what I, what I'm looking for. Right. So um, I guess we kind of go through a pretty specific process when we create videos, and actually, it's something that anybody can do. Um, so anybody out there who's looking to maybe create some um, videos, you know, this is probably a similar process you want to go through. But you really want to, um, on the front end, kind of put on an analytical hat. And that anal- analytical hat is where you ask the questions like, you know, what am I trying to accomplish with this? Am I just trying to make a video because that's what I'm supposed to do? Or, you know, what is what, what are the key messages I want to get across? You know, what are the what are the sub messages you want to get across? And and what's what's the call to action? What do I want? people to do after they video after they you know see this video so that's really at the forefront of what you have to nail down you know it's kind of your strategy about the video and then once you kind of have that you switch hats you put on that creative hat you say you know what's the best way to tell that story do i want to you know do something that's kind of more like facebook live or something kind of lower end production wise or do i want to you know am I concerned more about my brand of what i'm putting out there do i want to go a little higher in production that may include you know animation motion graphics live action who knows um so you really just have to be kind of analytical on that front end and then kind of let that you know what you're trying to accomplish really steer you in the creative okay so for people out there who are let's say they're you know they're they're more into audio right they're listening to podcasts like this one or they're more into reading stories either in print or online uh, and they're kind of hesitant to jump into the video space. Why is video so important? Why, why do they need to make that 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 leap and that bridge to moving over to doing video? Well, I, I think, you know, podcasts are obviously effective, but there's nothing like a visual mm-hmm. to engage. You know, there's a reason that, you know, they're saying that, you know, video is 600% more effective than traditional print or, or text, you know, online text. Uh, to engage your your customer or whoever you're trying to reach. So, I mean, it's really, you know, it's just been proven that it's just much more engaging, you know. And there's a reason that people, you know, you think about the average person, what they do in their off time. You know, they're talking about, you know, what's what's on HBO now or whatever. I mean, they're watching TV, a lot of people, whether it be on their, you know, their phone or their, their whatever mobile device they have or sitting in front of a screen. I mean, there's just a lot of, you know, people are watching a lot of video. And that's only going to increase. Okay. So once you decide, I want to create a video, I know video is important, but I want to make something that's going to, that's going to work. What, what are the elements that make a good story? Well, I think you have to know what the story is. You have to be really good at mining that story. And, you know, how, how are you going to, how are you going to tap into someone? You know, let's say it's, um, you know, 
let's let's say we're making a medical device video. Let's say there's a medical device. You know, a lot of times you'll see people, you know, especially in the corporate area, they'll go and they'll they'll create a video and it'll be this medical device does this and it does this and it saves this much money and blah 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 and it's quite boring. Well, if you really think about it, what's what's the story here? It's like how does this medical device change someone's life? Then you kind of hone in on that. What is that? What what what's the emotional trigger? that's going to tell that story. And so you focus in on that. So then maybe you come out and say, you know, meet Joe. Joe is, you know, struggling with X, Y, and Z. And you're, you're immediately engaged with that person's story. And you can, there's empathy and there's, there's, there's a true uh, emotional tug there. So you want to pull in the person. You want to really be able to tell that story. And then from there, you can talk about how the product has helped that person. So, I mean, it's just a different way to go about it. You're, you're putting across the same information, but it's all about engagement. Okay. So with people who are currently creating videos that really aren't getting a lot of traction, what do you think a lot of people are doing wrong out there? What do they not understand? Well, I think a lot of times they don't even go in with a strategy. You know, a lot of times they're like, oh, I got to make a video. And they grab their mobile phone or they, the first thing they think is, you know, I don't want to spend more than $5,000. And uh, (laughs) hey, can you build me a five minute video for $5,000? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll they'll reach out to you and ask you that question. And it's like, you know, really what you want to do is step back and what are you trying to accomplish? So I, I really think it's just about, um, you know, kind of defining a strategy. And that's why we have a, such a buttoned up process with the way we go about our video production. Okay. So so can you walk me through your process? What do you what do you typically do with a new client? What's what are the, I guess, meetings that you have? What are the discussions that you that you have and information you try to pull out of them? Yeah. Um, so typically, you know, someone reaches out, they're interested, maybe, uh, you know, promoting a product there or something online, whatever it be. Uh, they, they reach out to us and we just kind of discuss what briefly are you trying to accomplish. And then from there, we send out a creative brief. And it's like 10 questions and ask things like, what are you trying to accomplish? What's your main message? Secondary messages? Um, you know, what's the call to action? And then it drills down a little bit more into things like if you have a brand and all kinds of more, um, you know, smaller subjects, but you really kind of get a real sense of what you're trying to accomplish from that creative brief. And then from there, we go back as a group, brainstorm, you know, what can we do? And we kind of share that with the client. Then after that, we get into scripting, we create scripts, and those, you know, we approve those through the process, you know, with the client and mood boards, which is kind of a maybe one or two cells. It kind of gives you a, a feel for what it's going to look like. If it's animation, it might be a couple characters. If it's motion graphic, maybe it's kind of the look of that, you know, maybe shows you the, you know, lower thirds, whatever, whatever it might be. Uh, and once that's approved, we go to storyboard and that's where you take that approved script and you match that up with a cell of what each, you know, what it's going to look like with each sentence. So. It's a very deliberate process, but really what it does is it kind of takes you through that, you know, as I mentioned before, that analytical side all the way to the creative side. And so you, you go all the way through that process, the chances of having to redo anything are, are very small. So that, that's kind of the beauty of the process. It sounds, uh, it sounds overly analytical, but I, I think it really works quite well. No, I, I love the analytical piece. And I think that that's, you know, as you already highlighted, something that a lot of people aren't thinking about. They're not being analytical enough about it to make sure that they're not just throwing a video together and slapping it up there and hoping for the best, but actually are doing the things they need to do ahead of time to make sure the video is going to be effective. Um, so with the, with the production piece, I mean, I know you do, you know, live action videos, animation, motion graphics. What, uh, if someone's trying to figure out like what the right, um, I guess mix is for their video, 
what do you think works best in certain in different circumstances? Well, you know, um, that's funny. You know, that brainstorming stage that I talked about, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we kind of we kind of go in that area of, you know, well, okay, they're trying to do this. And, you know, this is very much, it's very technical what they're trying to uh, get across. So maybe that lends itself more to motion graphics, you know, because motion graphics do a great job with showing process. You know, maybe you show the kind of ge- uh, geometric shapes that kind of flow to each other or whatever might that be. Then there might be another one where it's a little bit more of a character-driven thing. That, that would be animation. So you can kind of marry the process with the animation, which gives you a little bit more of a personal touch to it you know maybe it starts out you know meet john john is trying to x y and z so that would lend itself to characters and then if you're really trying to you know connect you know person to person maybe that's a live action so and there are blends of those as well you might have something that has a lot of live action married with motion graphics so it it really depends on what you're trying to get across and the story is trying to be told okay now i feel like a problem that a lot of people have is they don't know their story they don't know necessarily what they want uh what they want to say uh how do you do you have any techniques or strategies you use for clients who quite who really quite honestly don't know what their story is and they're trying to figure out what that what story what their story should be yeah and that's um that's where i think you know the group that we have here they're so talented you know as far as you know the former journalism (laughs) that journalism chip kind of plays out a little bit um where they can identify those stories pretty quickly. I mean, it's, you will be on a call sometimes and, you know, someone will say, well, I'm trying to do this, that, that and that. And then we'll say, wait, tell me more about that person. You're, you know, and we'll drill in on that. So it, that's kind of a skill set that's developed. And um, it's, 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 uh, it sounds like not a, a very big deal, but it really is. Um, it's very difficult uh, skill to kind of develop. Um, but it's essential that you have that, uh, find that story. Are there any questions that you wish clients would ask themselves before they even contact you? Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, we, we, I think it's always helpful if they have some idea of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think one of those, the first knee jerk reactions is, you know, oh, video is pretty big, you know, well, we better make a video. And then they start reaching out to people and it would, it'd be nice if they had a little bit more thought behind what they're trying to do. But, you know, it's not like, um, it's not, I guess, a frustration as much as it is it would be helpful um, because, I mean, that's what really what we're here to do is help people through that process. But, um, you know, that's one of those things that um, I think people just get into the mode of creating a video to create a video. Right. Okay. So so where do you, where do you see the future of video? I mean, now we have, you know, we see how huge, um, you know, YouTube's been huge for a long time and now everyone's, you know, focused on live video and Snapchat and, and Facebook Live and I'm sure they're you know, be a lot more platforms uh, coming out. What do you What do you see um, happening in the future that's going to change the the landscape? Well, I think it's just going to be more of it, and I think there's going to be more. You know, the, the content's going to be shorter and shorter. You know, you're going to have little ten second, fifteen second pieces. Okay. And I think there's going to be more of it, and I think it's going to. Um, what, what do they say? By 2020, video count for more than 75 percent of the world's data traffic. You know, and that's only going to increase. You know, it's just going to be, you know, more video on more platforms. And I think that, you know, you think about it, you know, it's great for SEO. It's great for mobile. It's easy to share. You know, it can become viral. Um, it's, it's just really highly effective. But it really at the root of it all, though, you know, you have to have storytelling. And that's kind of that's never lost. You know, the platforms change, but the storytelling is always there. It never goes away. It's been around since the caveman. You think about it, you know, it's, it's always going to be there and some very important to be able to, 
to be able to tell that story. Right. And, you know, as far as the technology goes, you know, you have to be ready for the next thing and always be looking forward and, and don't be scared of that technology. You know, there's a lot of video production houses out there that, um, and I've heard them say this, is that, you know, that, well, I don't know, social media kind of scares me a little bit. You know, and that's just the worst attitude you can have toward it. To me, it's just another way of sharing a story. And you have to be really open to that. So that's 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 really important. Who who's your ideal client? Well, I I it's funny because we have a wide array of uh, of, of clients. I mean, we, we've dealt with people who are just getting off the ground and they're trying to, you know, socialize a new idea or they're trying to get funding for a new idea. And those are kind of fun to work on because you're kind of taking an idea and making it come alive. Sometimes the products don't even exist yet. You know, and but we're because of our post production, we're able to make it look like it does exist. So those are kind of oh, fun. Nice. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And then um, you know, there's other ones that we deal with that are you know Fortune you know twenties that are you know they're a little bit more refined, obviously. But it's fun to you know you know be involved in their innovation as well. It's you know it's amazing how some of these really big companies are extremely innovative. You think you know they're they they turn like a barge, but they're actually you know they actually are pretty nimble. You know, it seems like it seems interesting that people um, right now are really, really focused on live video instead of um, pre-recorded video. And, and live video seems to have taken this kind of, you know, uh, I want to see you with, you know, at, when you're most vulnerable. You just woke up. There's no makeup. There's no, you know, <laughs> a lot of, um, I guess, uh, as much of the sort of preparation that you would expect or even quality that, that a lot of people would expect from uh, something that's pre-recorded. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that's going to last, or do you think that eventually, even the live video will have to uh, evolve and turn into uh, something that's a lot more uh, scripted, a lot more uh, production and uh, involvement in there? Well, and I think there's a lot of that that's going on right now that's pretty well planned out. Okay, you know, it's it's like uh, scripted. Uh, what, what would you say, scripted um, live? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of this hybrid, and I think there's a lot more of that going on. I mean, there's there are people that are are saying, you know, let's do a Facebook live, and you know, they'll they really have a pretty darn good idea of what they're going to say, but they they can deliver in a way that it makes it feel very organic, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think it's kind of a um, it's a balance. I mean, I think when you have a product that um, is a little bit more mature, you have to be aware of your branding. You have to be really aware of what you're trying to, you know, reflect as a brand. And so, you know, I think you always have to be thoughtful in what you're doing with video. Um, not to say that you shouldn't be doing live video. I think that's extremely effective. But, you know, you, you want to have a plan to what, everything you're doing. Right. Okay, so let's talk about. I, I'm I'm curious to know a little bit more about your uh, your story as an entrepreneur in particular. So, um, I want to know when you first started this company and you were moving from broadcast journalism. I know a lot of people who have started companies or are thinking about starting companies. There, the the big question for a lot of people is, do I side hustle my way into this company where I you know kind of work on the side with my keep my current job, or do I just you know, take the leap into this new business and just hope everything works out in time before I run out of, uh, run out of money. Uh, what, what did you do? What was your strategy? Well, I'm more conservative by nature. So I, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always about the ROI and I'm always about, you know, not growing too fast and really try to develop a quality product. You know, you have to be an- analytical about how you're, how you're going. You got to find out where the problem is and what the solution is. You know, I'm, a, I'm big into that, you know, problem solution fit. 
and really making sure that you're delivering a solution for the problems that are out there. So to me, it's um, much more conservative, try to build client, you know, great customer service, which I think is overlooked a lot, especially now these days. Um, you know, great customer service, you know, really helping people solve their problems, Get, not getting on a phone call to really try to just sell something, but trying to figure out how you can solve for their problem. Okay. You know, so I, it's just a little bit different angle to it. Did you have any, uh, any mentors that, that helped you along the way? Oh, I, um, they're countless. It seems like <laughs> everybody that I've ever worked with, you know, you try to learn something from everybody. I've been very fortunate that, you know, I worked with a lot of really great people. I mean, just good people, you know, who are always very helpful. I have friends that I've, you know, worked with for 25 years that are, you know, have always been, we bounce things off each other all the time. Okay. So what kind of schedules were you keeping when you were, I guess, in that ramping up phase? And then what kind of schedules do you keep now? Well, I think, um, you know, we're pretty, we're, we're pretty, uh, I think we try to keep a good work-life balance. So, I mean, our, um, we don't put in massive amounts of hours. Obviously, you have to do that sometimes. But for the most part, um, we've had a pretty good balance throughout. There are times that, you know, you're going to work, work, work. But uh, for the most part, we've been able to control that. Because I think if you're just constantly burned out and you're not, uh, you know, enjoying it, um, you're going to, you're not going to last. You're not going to enjoy the process. And you're not going to enjoy the, you know, the journey. Okay. That's a good point. I, and I, I think um, that that's a huge challenge for a lot of people because you, on the one hand, you hear these stories of, you know, the so-called four hour work week, right? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to start this company and then I'm going to find a way to outsource a whole lot of stuff and not work a lot of hours. And then you have these other people who are working, you know, 18, 19, 20 hours a day and getting, you know, four hours of sleep. And then, you know, on the other, other extreme of that same spectrum and both seem to be uh, a little bit unsustainable. Um, so it's, it's, it's good to get, um, I think some, some different perspectives and different stories about how different people are, are going about doing things. But when you were, when you were thinking about this idea and trying to develop it, did you have any limiting beliefs? Did you have any, um, I guess, was there anything holding you back from, uh, initially launching it? Not really. Um, it really didn't interfere with what I was doing and, you know, at the time. So not really. Okay. It's, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty straightforward for me. Okay. So what, what advice would you give um, other would-be entrepreneurs who are thinking of uh, going out there and, and starting something? Uh, what, what pieces do you think that they need, to, they need to be thinking about and what sort of things they need to be preparing themselves for? Uh, maybe even some things that, that you learned that you didn't know or um, things that you think a lot of people uh, don't know that you did. Well, I, I think um, being open to the direction it takes you. I, I think people get into things a lot of times with a preconceived idea of where it's going. And that kind of hits back to that, you know, problem solution. You may think the the problem is this, but um, I guess one of the things I, I did early on is I went out and I asked people. And I, I asked, you know, like 30 different people who had been in the business of uh, buying video. And I went and interviewed them. I said, what was your biggest frustration with, you know, buying video? What was your... You know, and I, I really drilled down on all the problems they had with it. And then I was able to kind of think about that and figure out what's the solution to those problems. And then from there, I went back and I, and I went back to those same people and I said, you know, if I were to do this, that, that, and that, would you be, would that, be, would that solve your problems you're having with video production? 
And if you get a bunch of yeses on that, then you know you're on the right track. And then you can kind of craft and build a business around that. So it, it, that could relate to any product, really. You know, is it solving for the problems that are out there? And if you, if you don't have that, I don't, I don't think you're going to do very well, quite honestly. Okay. So do you have a favorite, uh, favorite video platform? I like them all. <laughs> as long as no, I, I actually, um, it's interesting because I, I kind of like, um, I like being able to tease video on platforms and send them back somewhere. Okay. You know, like, you know, like Twitter, I, I think it's kind of effective to be able to, you know, tweet something out and then it sends you to a place to, um, you know, watch a video or maybe engage them more closely. I, I just think it's fun to watch all the different platforms. You know, you have a completely different kind of um, video that you use on Twitter or Snap or whatever, whatever you do. It's, a, it's completely different. The variety is pretty neat. So I kind of like like building these campaigns of video, you know, so it's multifaceted. And I think it's that's very interesting to me. Okay. So I know with a lot of uh, a lot of video, I mean, we've already talked about how short people's attention spans are. And I know that the, the, the talk is... What you know, when you have a video, you have to catch people's attention within the first what is it, eight seconds? Um, I guess in your in your opinion, the videos that you're that you're creating, what what do you think about uh, that? I guess one, what do people need to do to catch that attention and do and 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 really is it is it that important that um, that that attention is caught within I guess those first few seconds? Yeah, I mean that goes back to our journalism that we were always told what's the, what's your grabber line, you know that mm-hmm. first line, you know it's it can't be it can't be dull. You got to get in there and, and drama in the first sentence, okay. or or pull them into your world, whatever that might be, you know it's it's get a great grabber line, you know it's it's that simple. It's almost like a tease line. It's uh, you have to have a reason for them to come and engage with you. Okay, so what 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 can be some of those grabber lines? Is it is it asking a, a question? Is it something controversial? What what do you think? Um, or what have you seen as good, uh, good grabbers? Well, it really depends on the story, but, um, you know, like I had mentioned, there was that med product, a medical device product that uh, we did a video for and we came out and we said, I think it was something like, you know, meet Joe, you know, Joe is struggling with, and we're pulled in right there. There's a picture of him and he's, he's there. And we see him, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, what what's going on here?" And you're you're completely pulled into his story. We're in his home, you know, and we're seeing what's going on there. So, I mean, I think that's really effective. Something like that. Okay, sounds good. Well, Steve, I really appreciate the time. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and uh, I wanted to know before we close out, uh, how can the Baller Circle get in touch with you and, and learn more about Tilt Motion? Yeah, so um, we do have an ebook that is on our website that um, might be able to help you with some of your marketing, video marketing strategies. And you can find that at tiltmotion.com forward slash ballers. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. Uh, Have a great week. And um, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's keep in touch. Sounds good. Thanks for the time. No problem. That's our show for today. As usual, thanks for listening. You can check out the blog post for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.